Now, my text tonight is found in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 15, and it's taken from verse 21. And we're thinking tonight of the man who carried the cross of Christ. Now, normally I would be reading Mark chapter 15 from verses 14 right through to verse 26. But for the sake of time, let me just read the text. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Now, I want you to notice the character that's introduced. Simon of Cyrene. This man, Simon, was a Cyrenian. Now, Cyrene was approximately 800 miles from Jerusalem. Did you know that Cyrene uh, is uh, found in the land of Libya in North Africa? Our sister talked about Liberia, West Africa. Well, this is at North Africa. Think of the Mediterranean. There's a city there, Tripoli. It's the capital of Libya. And... um, Along that coastline, uh, there is a place that's elevated about 1,200 feet above sea level with a very pleasant climate. Uh, And that's where the land of uh, Cyrene was. Uh, This man, Simon, was a Cyrenian. So he'd come from that territory. And around 630 BC, that's before Christ, there was a colony of Jews settled in that area. And over the years, many of these Jews traveled back and forward to Jerusalem to celebrate the feasts in the land of Israel. You've got to think of Pentecost, Passover, Feast of Tabernacles, Day of Atonement, uh, which is also called Yom Kippur. Wealthy Jews probably traveled every year from uh, Cyrene to Israel, probably via ship, most likely. And others saved up over a few years and then went to celebrate these feasts here. Now, in the providence of God, A man by the name of Simon, a Cyrenian, is in Jerusalem, having entered the city, is in its streets at the very time when preparations have begun for the crucifixion of Christ. Remember the Lord Jesus is condemned to death by crucifixion. He's already been scourged. He's been led through the streets to Golgotha, the place of public execution. I want you to think of four Roman soldiers, one in each corner. The Lord Jesus in the midst, he's already been beaten. His blood-soaked body can be seen. The crown of thorns is upon his head. There's probably a soldier in front carrying the superscription of his crime. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Other soldiers are probably flanking the four to keep the crowds away and, and keep the criminal safe and keep him from escaping. They would have taken the longest possible route to show his humiliation to the whole of the city. They would have also made the criminal who was condemned to death carry his own cross on his shoulder. So I want you to think of the Lord Jesus. He's exhausted. He's already blood-soaked. He's been beaten. He's not allowed rest nor peace. He's shown no mercy. And there he is, led to be crucified. And I think of him succumbing to the weight of that load on his shoulder. He must have been struggling under that weight. Perhaps he stumbled. 
Perhaps he, he slowed the, the soldiers down almost to a, a stopping point. Maybe he, he stopped. Maybe he even fell towards the ground. No longer could he, he drag it himself. And all of a sudden, one of the lead soldiers picked a stranger from the crowd and said, You! They had the legal part to do it. This man, Simon, a Cyrenian, was forced into service that day. He was a colored man. If I put it in language, I don't want to sound racist. He was a black man from North Africa, now the land of Libya. And isn't it wonderful to know the good news is this? Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And this man, Simon a Cyrenian, was most likely a Jewish proselyte. And he was brought into the situation where he had to carry the cross of Christ. He had to identify with the cross of Christ. And that event changed his life. And in Jerusalem that day, he met the Lord. And isn't that the same with people today? God in providence works a set of circumstances, a set of situation develops. You hear the gospel maybe on the radio, perhaps on the internet, perhaps through the television, perhaps somebody offering you a tract, and suddenly you're face to face with Christ. And you're brought to meet him on the road of life. Simon the Cyrenian had never met Christ before. He'd never seen Christ before, but God was at work. And I believe that in such circumstances, providentially, individuals are born again of the Holy Spirit. And the whole course of their life is altered and changed. There's the character that was introduced. I want you to think, secondly, the compulsion that was adopted. If you look at the text, and they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country. See, as I've said, I believe God was at work providentially in Simon's life. There's no mistakes. There's no accidents. We're told who he was, Simon, where he was from, a Cyrenian. And we're told about his pathway, who passed by, coming out of the country. That, that's his own country, traveling the 800 miles to Jerusalem. And in God's providence, he was entering into Jerusalem just as the Lord Jesus and the Roman guards were making their way to the place of execution. Remember, the mobs had cried of Christ, crucify him. Can you think of that awful spectacle of the man in the middle of the Roman soldiers with this tree on his shoulder dragging along the ground? And the soldier with the sign, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. See, a Roman crucifixion was underway. See, I, I, I thought, did, did Simon pause? Did he stop to see for a moment what was going on? It, it, it says here, who passed by. So he's probably making his way as they're coming in one direction, going in a, a different direction. Did he stand aside in the narrow streets? If you know anything about Jerusalem, there's narrow streets. And then suddenly, the soldier compels him, literally forces him, lay holds upon him. And of course, you couldn't refuse because it would be a pain of death. And he has to, to bear this burden. He has to take up the load and he has to bring it all the way from whatever point it was. Or he picked it up right up to, to Calvary's hill. At that precise moment, he is forever linked 
to the cross of Christ. And I want you to think for a few moments of what the cross did in his life and the huge impact that it has. Because this man, Simon, a Cyrenian, was forever known as the carrier of the cross, the man who carried the cross. Now, I believe he was a Jewish proselyte. Ask yourself, what was a man from North Africa, the land of Libya, doing in Jerusalem in the first century? I believe he was there for the feasts. Remember, this is the feast of Passover. And, of course, we'd have to say that carrying a cross would have been abhorrent to him. It would have been a, a sickening thing for him to have been asked to do. Because he knew that cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He knew the law of God. And it would have rendered him unclean. You think of that a blood-stained um, tree. He, he would have had to pick it up. The, the, the sweat and the strain of this incident would have been upon him. And he had to drag it behind him, put it on his back, keep pace with this Gentile mob. You see, this was a horrible event. Just think of his exposure to the cross. You see, to a Jew, crucifixion was a cursed thing. It was like asking a Jew to eat ham or bacon, the, the, the pig's um, meat. He, he would have been horrified. He, he, he would have wanted to shy away from anything to do with this blood-stained cross. He would rather follow the crowd than, than follow the Christ of the cross. He, he was going in a different direction. But how many times, just exactly like Simon, individuals want nothing to do with the cross of Christ, refuse to follow it. They'd rather have fun, enjoyment, the pleasures of sin for a season. They, they want to follow the appeal and lure of the flesh would say if confronted with this given a choice I don't want anything to do with the cross of Christ that's the last thing I want to do and yet in God's providence in God's will they are totally exposed to the cross of Christ to, to this crucifixion of Christ this man's made to bear it it's been brought into his life not only providentially but brought into his life by way of compulsion I want you to think of his encounter with the cross. Because I'll tell you what he encountered, what he was exposed to. He was exposed to the sentence of Christ. This is a public execution. Christ has been sentenced to death. Can you think of this man putting his cross on his shoulder? He's, he's handling it. He's conscious of blood and sweat that's already upon it. And this cross would have brought home the awful reality of Roman crucifixion in all its horror. Probably a large tree. Probably about three quarters the size of one of our electric poles. And as he bore that cross to Calvary, it must have searched his heart. It must have searched his soul. I believe he was forced to think of the sentence of Christ. Jesus of Nazareth. The king of the Jews. And isn't it true here that many in Ulster tonight want nothing to do with the cross of Christ? They say, well, I reject the cross of Christ. And yet that very cross exposes the sentence of Christ. It exposes the reality of sin. See, you and I are a child of Adam. Remember the first man that ever lived, Adam, the Bible says, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. 
In Eden, there was a covenant of works God made with Adam. Adam broke that covenant. He sinned. He broke the law of God. He was guilty. He was a polluted heart. Death came, as the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. And you see, God has designed this very cross that spoke of the sentence of death and spoke of sin. This very cross was designed to save individuals, just like Simon, like you and me. Save us from the guilt and penalty of sin. Save us from the power of sin. Save us from the pollution of sin. Save us from the very presence of sin. See, the cross of Christ, it exposed the sentence of Christ that was imposed upon him. And, and Simon sins, no doubt, as he thought about the sentence of death on Christ and why this man was dying, was exposed that day. I, I believe Simon was also exposed to something of the suffering of Christ. As I've said, this is Roman crucifixion, the scourging, the slapping, the spitting, the scathing mockery. Got to the place called Golgotha, the hands stretched out. The nails driven in, the crown of thorns adorned his brow, back lacerated like a ploughed field, nailing his feet to the tree, the mocking and the jeering of the crowd, hoisting it into his place, the two thieves with him. See, Simon had to be impacted. He had to be aghast at the suffering. You think of his exposure to the silence of Christ, not a word of protest. He's led as a lamb to the slaughter. The, the jeers of the crowd, the taunts of the false teachers, even the, the vitriol that came from the two thieves that were crucified on either side, not a word. This man's exposed to the sayings of Christ, seven sayings in total. The first, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 34. Remember the dying thief, one of them at least. Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Luke 23, 43. How he took care of his own mother. He said to John, Son, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. John 19, 26. When he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mark 15 and 34. He said, I thirst. John 19, 28. Fulfillment of the scriptures. He said, It is finished. The sound of a trumpet, a great try of triumph, John 19 and 30. And then, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Luke 23 and 46. You see, Simon was exposed to this. The sentence of the cross. He was exposed to Christ's sufferings. He was exposed to Christ's silence. He's exposed to Christ's saying. And it had to have an impact upon him. Yes, he was compelled by the Romans' authorities. But the Holy Spirit was at work, bringing Simon to the point where he would bow the knee to Christ and receive him as Lord and Redeemer. And, you know, the cross of Christ is thrust upon you again tonight, upon your heart and mind. And you're confronted with the sentence of Christ and, and death by crucifixion. You're confronted with his sayings, with his silence, with his suffering. And you have been providence, have been brought into contact with the cross of Christ. You've been exposed to it. You, you, you've, you've had an encounter with it. And you feel it in your heart. It's in your mind. 
You've heard the voice of Christ to your soul. Bow to your king. Bow to Christ. I want you to think lastly. The climax that was enjoyed. Not only the character that's introduced and the compulsion that was um, forced upon him. But I want you to think of the climax that was enjoyed. You see, Simon of Cyrene is in Jerusalem. That's the Passover day. He's there for the public feast. How long did he plan to stay in Jerusalem? Days? Weeks? I believe he stayed right up to the day of Pentecost and maybe even beyond. The Pentecost was 40 days after Passover. In other words, he didn't go home. You see, 40 days later, he hears a rumor in Jerusalem, or 30 days later rather, and it was this man called Jesus of Nazareth, risen from the dead. He's interested. He's aroused. In the day of Pentecost, he's still in Jerusalem. Because if you turn over to Acts chapter 2 and read with me there in verse 6, remember as the Holy Ghost came upon them and they started to uh, preach and witness in the name of Christ, we read this, Acts chapter 2 and verse 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they heard every man them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are they not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear, how, and how we hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. Now look at verse 10. Phagara, Pamphylia in Egypt. And in the parts of Libya about Cyrene. And strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in, the, in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And you see, I've asked myself, if there was other men from Cyrene there, was it possible that Simon of Cyrene was part of a whole delegation of Jews that had come together? And did these men hear the wonderful works of Christ in their own language? The language of the Cyrenian people? It wasn't something strange or something unknown. It was an unlearned language. And they could hear just as a man from Belfast would say, go to New York and somebody is preaching in the streets of Times Square and, and they can hear the Belfast twang and think there's somebody from Belfast. They'll go and listen. Well, that's what was happening here. They heard Peter's sermon the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 14, right down to verse uh, 38. Jesus of Nazareth, they're hearing in the sermon. He's alive. That's the man I carried the cross for. He remembered the sentence of death. He remembered his sufferings. He remembered his silence. He remembered the sayings. He heard the preaching of Peter. He heard the question, what shall we do? And, of course, the call was given in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Did Simon of Cyrene experience the power of the living Christ that day? Was his heart strangely warned? Was he born again and led to receive Christ? Did he trust him for peace and pardon? Was there 3,000 souls that day? Was he one of them? You see, I, I believe he was. I also believe also, as we finish now, he became a missionary of the cross of Christ. Do you know he was a personal missionary? He, had a, he was a first-hand witness. He said, I, I was there. 
I was on the streets of Jerusalem. I saw. I was compelled. These hands carried. I, I felt in my heart. I heard this. I knew about the sentence, the suffering, the silence, the sayings, the sight of Christ. I'll tell you something else. He was a powerful missionary. If you go back there to Mark chapter 15, notice what it says. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. You see, this man, I believe, went home and probably told his wife and his family about Christ. So think of this man bearing the cross literally and then believing in the cross of Christ spiritually. And then he's broadcasting the cross. And where did he start? He had to start with his family. He had a concern for his wife and children. There's two names in the text, Alexander and Rufus. Two boys who made a name for themselves. And Mark describes who their father was. And he does so by naming his sons. Isn't it interesting that Mark says, And they compelled one Simon a Cyrenian who passed by coming out of the country, and he could have just said to bear his cross. Nobody had it. The father of Alexander and Rufus to bear his cross. You see, his two sons made him to be named. Made him to be remembered. Made him in a sense to be named as the one who was the carrier of the cross. One of these boys ended up in the city of Rome 30 years later. Romans 16 and 13. Remember Rome's the center of the Roman Empire. Had the family moved to Rome? There's a rumor and tradition that uh, Rufus died, a, a Christian martyr there. Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine, Paul says. See, Rufus was a noted believer. So was the mother. The mother's mentioned. She was associated with Paul. She, she, she helped Paul. Was her husband dead? And she, did she open her home and, and provide um, refuge and, and Produce for Paul. Then think of Alexander. Where did he end up? Well, we read of him in Acts 19.33. He was in the city of Ephesus. And the very day there was a riot against the preaching of the gospel to the great goddess Diana. See, what I'm pointing out tonight is this. Here's the impact of the cross of Christ on this man's life and the family. The grace of God not only visited his own heart, but visited his home. And his wife and his children, they had to come to faith in Christ. So that's what I mean. He was a powerful missionary. He started at the home. Now, it's not always the case. Children of godly parents can go AWOL. They need to know that we love them. We need to know that we're praying for them. We need to know that we have forgiveness in our heart concerning their sin. But even though they're children of godly parents, born into a Christian home, that doesn't make them Christians. And we can teach them, we can pray for them, we can set a good example. But it's only by the grace of God that they're saved and brought to know Christ. Here's the cross-bearing of Simon. It was painful, I have no doubt. But it powerfully changed the course of his life. A man who was compelled to carry it. A black man from Libya. And he was converted by it. And then he was commissioned for it. To become a personal, powerful missionary that started in his home. Here's the man who was the carrier of the cross of Christ.
And if you've been converted by this same cross, then you're compelled to carry it. The Lord Jesus says in Luke chapter 14 and verse 27, as I finish, Luke 14 and 27, he says this. Think of this statement. It's a powerful statement. It's one that we should ponder. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And isn't there a great need today for missionaries of the cross who'll be a personal, powerful witness for Christ by the grace and help of God starting in their home and taking the gospel wherever the Lord leads them. It's tremendous to know that the gospel has been proclaimed in Africa, even at this present time.